Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Big Fell Strength Podcast. Um, so I have not posted in a while. Um, been bu- been very busy. Um, just made my just made a big move. Um, from. Europe back to the United States so um, it's been busy I'm trying to get uh, I'm gonna go to school so I've been trying to get that together and also need a job so I've been trying to get that together also been training so pretty 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 busy as it is already and like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to stay frequent with these podcasts as much as possible. Um, even if I don't have as many listeners, uh, the whole, the whole goal is more so to create a community, um, more so than to create a following. Um, it's, it's really a community. I want to create a grounds to, for everybody to kind of um, meet on and, you know, swap stories, swap, uh, different techniques and methods and different things that they've tried in their training and so on and so forth. So today is going to be an episode about how I train my conjugate system. Um, just a little bit of background information on the conjugate system. Um, so, back in the late 60s and 70s, the Russians, um, really the Eastern European bloc countries who were producing such strength powerhouses within not only strength lifting, but Olympic lifting, because um, that was the big thing back in those days they developed this thing called conjugate system and it wouldn't be introduced to America until Louis Louis Simmons who has just passed away recently um, would bring it to the United States and train um, use that as the main method of training for his gym, Westside Barbell. So, it's it was invented by the Russians, and it was kind of developed by the Russians and the Eastern European bloc countries. Um, but on terms of bringing it to uh, Western culture, um, Western fitness culture, I should say, um, Louis Simmons really. Uh, did his own research, did his own education, he learned the ins and outs of how it's supposed to work and kind of crafted it and kind of re reshaped it in his own way um, while keeping the, the main goal and the main idea that had been created by um, the Russians. So, um, there are many ways you can, you know, and I do want to talk about Louis Simmons just a little bit, just to pay homage to what he did and how he's paved the way for so many lifters and kind of how he's paved the, paved the way for me, not necessarily on a personal level, but on a, in an educational standpoint, um, I didn't really get big into educating myself until I found out about Louis Simmons and I watched the West Side documentary um, because I'd never heard of him before, um, you know, and I was I was kind of before I'd really learned about Louis Simmons and West Side Barbell. I didn't really know. Um, I didn't really know how big the sport of powerlifting was. I, you know, 
being being such a young person it for me it was just you know going to a gym and lifting heavy things for you know um for single single digit repetitions at the very most you know if not just one repetition or two or three you know i really didn't think outside of anything else um so when I heard of Louis Simmons and I, I started digging deeper into um, who he was and what he was trying to, the point he was trying to push across, um, that's really when I decided to go down that rabbit hole and start educating myself. So um, I'd say it's pretty it's pretty safe to say if I didn't see what Louis Simmons did with uh, West Side Barbell um, and I had never heard of it, I probably wouldn't have never been inspired and I probably wouldn't have the same amount of knowledge of powerlifting as I do now. Um, so there that is, uh, you know, and like I said, he might not have invented the conjugate system, but he's He's the one that really brought it to light in America, and I will never forget one of his quotes. It, it's funny, but you know, you listen to it, and it's it's really true. Um, you know, he you know he he said it in the documentary. He said, uh, you know, he never invented toilet paper, but he was smart enough to use it. And I like that quote because. You know, a lot of people think that they need to make their own way and um, they don't really think about the possibility of taking somebody else's way and trying to make it better. And that's really what he did. So, anyway, today's main topic is going to be uh, about how I train my conjugate program. Um, I did the West Side Conjugate program um, about a year ago online I joined the online club I put I paid a subscription and it wasn't that it was a bad program uh, it was very intense it threw you right in um, which for me wasn't a problem for others it, it can be a problem um, but when I was doing it, what I noticed is, you know, some of the stuff that he, you know, would have, or, you know, even if it wasn't him, it was another, um, another trusted member of the gym that was running that portion, um, you know, whoever was setting up the exercises and the workouts, um, you know, there's nothing against the program. The program was exactly what a conjugate program should look like. But I didn't have the necessary equipment at the time to complete some of the exercises they had on it. So I had actually just did away with it. And I just, I decided I'm going to go back to doing what I used to do. And I did that and it was working for me and then it stopped working for me. And so then I had to sit down. And this is where the fun stuff begins. I took two months off the gym and I spent it learning how to program conjugate and what different things that me in particular needed to do in the gym um, with the, within the capabilities of the gym I was going to. So this is what, you know, me talking about my conjugate programming um, is going to talk about how I did that and uh, kind of to water it down and make it, you know, pretty easy for the beginning level. So grab a pen, pencil, uh, something to write with, and, you know, a notepad because if you don't follow along, you're going to get really lost. And this is free. Um, you know, this is absolutely free, um, 
you don't have to pay for this so if you're sitting there wondering how to change it up or trying to or you're trying to find something new to try out or simply if you're just trying to get into it um this is all free so um please try to follow along with me as best as possible so there are four days in your in your cycle You have a max effort upper day. And on my chalkboard here, I'm just writing MU. You have a max effort lower day. A dynamic effort upper day. And a dynamic effort lower day. So, this is how I've been doing it for the past year. Um, I run it like a four-day split. Kind of. I've heard it be a thing where it's four days straight through. I've heard it, I've heard people utilize it where it's a four-day split and there's only one day that you really get off in between, you know, the two days. So, you know, for example... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday. And then you have, of course, your weekend. Um, the way I like to run it, and the way that makes a little more sense to me, and the way that's been working for me, um, is I try to keep it where I'm doing Monday, and then I'm doing Tuesday, or I'm doing Wednesday, I apologize. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday or Sunday. So the reason I do this is because The human body needs anywhere from 48 to 72 hours to recover after exercising and it needs 48 to 72 hours to grow muscle and to grow strength and to repair muscle tissue and all this other great stuff. Um, that's more on the scientific side of things that I'm not really too, I'm not really too good at retaining that information, but I can say I've looked it up. It's anywhere, I'm getting answers from anywhere to 48 to 72 hours. So basically, two to three days. So, Monday, right? I do my max effort upper body, right? I do not do another upper body day until Thursday. So I have all the rest of Monday from the time I stop working out that's when you enter your recovery process. It's actually the most vital time in your recovery process is when you stop. Um, a lot of people don't think about that, but you know, your muscles are essentially coming out of a shock state. You know, you, you go an hour, two hours of nonstop lifting um, for your upper body, and then you just stop. So the more you let them sit there, the more fatigued they're going to be. So this is why people tell you, no matter what kind of exercise format you're using, no matter what kind of, you know, workout style you're accustomed to, they tell you to, you know, keep moving, keep stretching. So you enter that process as soon as you stop lifting. So the minute you walk out of the gym, you enter the recovery process. So you got the rest of Monday. You have Tuesday. So that's your first official day will be on Tuesday. Wednesday. Because Wednesday you're going to be doing max effort lower. So your upper body is still going to be recovering. 
even though you're still lifting. I know, but they tell you that, you know, it takes you... If you're not working your upper body, then you're not... You're still following the rules of, you know, the 72, 48 to 72 hours. So Wednesday's your second day, and then Thursday, you start your upper body... You do another upper body day, right? Same goes for your lower body days. You do lower body on Wednesday. As soon as you exit the gym, it's done. So you got the rest of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday or Sunday, you need to be doing your dynamic day. This allows you anywhere from exactly what researchers have said, you know, 48 to 72. It follows that rule. So what it's doing is it's giving you optimal recovery time. So that's great. Um, it affords you to get optimal recovery time, which in turn should be able to help you with your maximum output in the intensity of your training. And it will also help you with conditioning. Um, so that's the way I do it. Like I said, I've heard people do four days in a row. I've heard people do it to where, you know, they only take one day in between their, um, you know, upper body days and their lower body days, whatever. Um, this is the way I do it. It's the most effective. So there that is. So with the conjugate programming, right, I'd say the most important rule to training, no matter if you are training conjugate or you're training something else, is that you are taking into account the law of accommodation. And the law of accommodation simply states that the more you do something, and this is in layman's terms, the more you do something, the more you're, you're going to get accommodated to it. Accommodation big word for those of you that don't know what accommodation or becoming accommodated to something it means that you're getting used to it the more you get used to it the more comfortable you're you're gonna get the more comfortable you're gonna get the less conditioned you're gonna be to not to do the same thing repetitively so how this applies to you and your body your muscles will get accommodated. If you're doing a straight bar, flat bench press every single time at the same grip, you are going to, you're going to make your strides. You're going to make your increases, which is going to be great. And you're going to think you're doing awesome, but you're going to hit a sticking point. And once you've hit that sticking point and you try to push through it still doing the same thing, you're actually going to start to decrease in weight. And so like the example I like to use is let's just say we're using, let's say we're benching and, you know, I just keep benching and benching and benching and benching. I get my max up from 250 pounds to 300 pounds. I get to that 300 pounds and I try to go past that 300 pounds and I can't. I'm stuck at 300 pounds. So for a month, I just keep hammering and hammering and hammering, doing the same exercise over and over again, day in and day out. My max then drops from 300 to 290 and then I'm trying to get back to 300 and then it goes from 290 to 280 it's a detraining effect that is your body getting accommodated to it it's so accommodated to it that now you can no longer utilize that exercise effectively in order to gain strength so for your main lift Right, it's max effort upper body day. You're going to cycle 
a different exercise every week. So once a week, you should be doing something different for your main lift. So you can start with a straight bar, flat bench press. You can start with a close grip. You can start with a football bar press. You can start with a uh, block press. You can start with a pin press. You can start with a floor press. But just know that after you do it that first time, you need to move on to something else, right? So let's just say the first week you're going to do regular bench press, right? And then supplemental workouts. So supplemental workouts... Supplemental workouts are kind of the prelude to accessories. They're the things that you need to be doing to kind of warm your muscles up to get them a little more fatigued before you start your accessories. You've already done your, um, you know, you've already done your, um, your main movement, which was a bench press, so... Um, let's just say I want my supplemental and my accessories to kind of collide with each other. I want them not collide with each other, but co coexist with each other. You want them to be working the same muscle group. So let's just say, I don't know, like, let's say you really want to work your triceps. So, we can do, um, I guess, a Smith's machine. Close grip. And you need to cycle your supplemental lifts anywhere from two to three weeks. So... So that's, uh, you know, you're on the Smith's machine, doing a close grip, you can do a close grip incline, whatever works, um, something to engage the triceps, got it. That needs to change every two to three weeks, accessories. So let's say you're trying to work your triceps, and I'm not going to give you a whole list of how many accessories you should do, um, but... You know, you're working your triceps. So, your tricep extensions, your tricep pull-downs, your um, skull crushers, your... Um, you can do your dumbbell rolling rolling presses, which is like a dumbbell tricep extension, except when you bring them down, you roll them onto your shoulders, um, and then you pop them back up, and you extend your arms, pumping the triceps... Uh, you can do, you know, weighted dips. You can do, um, like, an overhead, um, overhead tri straight bar tricep extension. You know, sky's the limit. You guys know all these accessories. Um, so, there it is. Now, your accessories need to be changing every five six weeks so this is the basic setup for a max effort upper body day and it it's the same thing so same thing for your lower body days your main movement needs to be changing once a week so if you do squat a regular squat a back squat um you know, that next week, maybe do a box squat. Um, you can do a high box squat. You can do a ultra, you know, you can do, sometimes I call it a hyper, a hyper depth squat, box squat, which is where I put the box. I find a very, very small box, um, and I squat on that. You can do, um, an depth box squat where you're finding where your 
just at depth. You can find just below depth box squat. Um, the different bars you can use, you can use a safety squat bar. If you can get your hands on them, a camber bar or, um, you know, um, like a spide, I think it's called like a, sp a, or a yoke bar. That works too. It's essentially like a safety squat bar. Um, you know, or, you know, if you don't have a safety squat bar, um, a low bar squat where you put the bar a little lower on your back, that'll work, um, you know, for people who are limited. So that need your main movement needs to be switching up every week. It needs to be something different, but it needs to be within the same range of motion of whatever it is you're training for so like a bench press I can do a close grip bench press that's within the same range of motion of a regular bench press if you do a close grip bench press it's the same range of mo movement um, a decline bench press again same range of movement just at a different angle um, you know it's really simple stuff so you know, and then your supplemental needs to change anywhere from two to three weeks. Um, so th three weeks after you've done Smith Smith Machine close grip, uh, change it up. You know, and you don't have to keep it within the same thing as what you're doing for accessories. You can go ahead and get uh, a jump start on the next thing, or if there's another supplemental movement that um goes along with triceps that you want to do for the next three weeks to finish out um you know the six weeks you're gonna have to do for your accessories which are triceps if you want to keep it all triceps that's fine you just got to find a different exercise so like what i would say is probably like a jm press or like a dumbbell jm press or um can't think of any more off the top of my head right now but you know what I mean um and then like I just said every five to six weeks you need to change up those accessories so triceps great next the, the next six weeks after the next six weeks I'm gonna do um I'm gonna do lats you know stuff along that line um you know and the more exercises you have and the more equipment you have to conduct these exercises the better off you really are because you know you can you can go on a cycle where you know you do bench press at the beginning and don't come around to it until another six to eight weeks you know, you don't have to do that, but it is pretty nice. Um, I think in my experience, I've found that it's pretty nice to not constantly have to straight bar flat bench all the time. So, um, so the next thing is going to be, um, you know, a big question is like, what's the difference between, you know, the set to rep ratio on a max effort day and a dynamic effort day? So I've found for beginners, the best way in my own experience to get beginners that are new to this program into, um, you know, doing this program is to, your max effort days are going to be Your set to rep is going to be like, it's essentially going to be finding a max, right? So if you've got, let's say, nine different exercises for a main lift that coincide with the same range of motion as a bench press, 
then you're going to have to find nine maxes. So the rule of thumb I like to follow is, one, always write down your maxes for specific lifts. But at the same time, um, I kind of stay within the 90% rule. If I know I'm having a rough day and it's just not there, I tell myself, hey, go to 95 or 90, 95, 97% of your max that you know you, you know you have and call her a day. If it feels good after that 95, 97%, then try for a new max, but don't max out every single week. Um, follow that 90% rule. You know, so a lot of what I'd like to do is if I'm not finding a new max, I'll do like an eight, eight by one, nine by one, or like a 10 by one. And I'll just work myself up until I get the 90%. And then after 90%, I'll be done. You know, 90% will be either my last two sets or it'll be my last set. Um, so that's one way you can do it. Um, so, you know, but if you're gonna go for a new max, take as many sets as it takes you to get warmed up, you know, whether it be 12, whether it be 25 sets. If you're going for a true max, take as much or as little time as you need to get there. Um, that's the general rule of thumb for a max effort day. If you are finding a new max, take your time. Take as many sets as it needs to get that new max. If you're not going for a new max, then follow that 90 to 97% rule. And then for accessories, um, try to keep it on your max effort days. Try to keep it within th three by three, three by five, five by three, or five by five. And this goes the same for supplemental movements as well. Right? This is for beginners. Now, for more advanced people, people who hold themselves to a more advanced standard, um, you can, for your main movement, you can start adding in the 8x1s, and then the week after that, maybe do an 8x2 or a 3, you know, to find a 3, 2 rep or a 3 rep max. Um, you know, but don't really surpass three because then it kind of gets pointless. Um, then you're just using a little bit too much volume, um, and you're not going to really, um, you're not going to have, a, if you're finding a five rep max, you're, it's going to be more for a test of endurance than it is strength. It's going to be more of a muscle endurance test. So, um, you know, you keep it within that one, two, and three, maybe even four. Um, maybe not so often, but definitely keep it within one to three uh, repetitions by eight, nine, or ten sets. And you're really looking for that... Um, that two, three rep max, um, where you're not really, it's right there in that border between muscle endurance and, um, strength. So, um, you can do that. It's, you can start cycling that around too. It adds a lot more 
adversity and diversity into your programming and your training, which is good. The more diversity and more the more diversity and adversity you have, the more results you're gonna get. So that's just what I found. So that's gonna and that's the it goes the same way with max max effort upper and max effort lower you know change your main lift one once a week change your supplemental two to three times a week or two to three weeks you know and then change your supplements after five to six weeks um you know if you're not going for a new max keep it within that 90 to 97 percent rule um and for for beginners, keep your days at eight by one, nine by one, ten by one. If you're following that um, ninety to ninety seven percent rule, if you're going for a max, take out take however much time you need. Um, and then accessories, like I said, you're gonna keep it. You're gonna rotate three by three, three by five, five by three, five by five. Same thing with max effort lower. So, back to, back to the difference. All right, what's the difference between max effort and dynamic effort days? Um, so the conjugate method works off this formula. Um, force, or force equals mass times acceleration. So. I like to flip it around and I like to say I like to say it in reverse because it's a little bit easier to understand um, acceleration times mass equals force so your force is your strength the amount of force you can put in the bar is strength um, and then mass is the relative area of what your measure of strength is so and that's why we're working with these percentages if I take 90% of my max and I bench press it for let's just say two weeks and after the second week that 90% is feeling pretty easy. That means my level of force that I'm putting into the bar is much greater than it was two weeks ago. Therefore, my strength has gone up. Therefore, I might be able to handle more weight, which means it might be time to find a new max. But you can't get greedy with these things. So that's why you have to trust the system work through the system you can't be maxing out all the time um you know i think it's good you know to do it whenever you're feeling great but also like if you notice that it's become a habit where you're doing it every week then you need to slow it down and put yourself kind of on a limit and maybe wait out a month two months before you do it again um that's just what i found in my my uh, progression in my training that's what i like to do it keeps myself in check and it works so um so you take one day to get stronger you take another day to get faster so your dynamic days are going to be your speed work so you're going to do the same main movement for your max effort that you did for your max effort. You know, and it follows the same rule of thumb. You know, uh, it's going to change. You know, your main lift is going to change every week. You know, same thing, you know, every two to three weeks your supplemental lift is going to change every five to six weeks your accessories are going to change you're going to follow that same thing throughout the whole entire no matter if it's a max effort or a dynamic effort day it's going to be you're going to do the same thing 
The only thing that's going to be different is how much weight you're doing, how many times you're doing it, and how what the main goal is supposed to be, right? Which is speed. So your main your main movement's going to be anywhere from 8 9 10 sets to anywhere from 2 to 6 repetitions and that like I said this is just for beginners for my more advanced guys you guys could maybe push it to two to six, two to eight, um, or keep it within a four to eight. But really, it's going to be a two to eight. So um, that's going to be your main lift. It's going to be anywhere from um, eight, nine, eight to ten sets for two to six reps, and then. your percentages I like to follow the 87% rule 87% of the max I find or have already found for the main lift is going to be the most I put on that bar for these amount of reps so this is the way I work right this is the way I do it if I'm doing eight by one, then I'm probably going to be doing eight by two, eight by three on my dynamic effort days. If I'm doing eight by two for a two, or my max effort day, I'm doing eight by two. Then on my dynamic days, I'm probably going to do anywhere from eight by four to eight by six. Your two rep max is not going to be the same as your one rep max. So if you're using a two rep max, then you need to take 87% of the two rep max and utilize that on your dynamic effort days. So the 87% the 87% rule says that I cannot surpass 87% of whatever my max is, no matter if it's a you know, if it's 250 for two reps, or if it's 300 for one rep, 87% of whichever number is what I'm going to do at the most. So you're not going to put 80, you're not going to load the bar up with 87% of your max, you know, and do it for eight sets. But what you can do, and this is what I always do, I start at either 70 to 75%. Right? So if I'm doing 8 by 2 I might start my first two sets at 70%. So 2, 70. And then I might bump up another 2 to 75. So I've done 4 there. Then I go to 80%. And I might do 1 I might do two at 80%, but let's just say we're going to do one at 80%. Then I jump to 85%. And I decide to do it for two. Okay, so I can do one more set. And I just did 85%, and it's feeling pretty easy, it's feeling pretty explosive. I'm going to push myself to 87% and do one set, and there I've completed my eight sets. So you kind of just plan, you know, depending on how many sets you have, how many times you're going to stay at what percentage. So there's that. I, and do not surpass 87%. That's the rule of thumb. Um... So there that is. So on your dynamic days, you're working speed. The reason you're supposed to stay at 87% is that's kind of where the gray line is when it comes to 
how fast you can push the bar. You need to be violently pushing the bar or squatting the bar, pressing the bar, pulling the bar. You need to be violently putting that bar where it needs to go. Down, up, down, up. Like you're trying to, like for a bench press, like you're trying to throw it through the ceiling. Squat, it's like you're trying to jump through the ceiling. You know, you need to be very explosive, very fast. That's how you're going to develop more volume and it's going to help you develop more strength. So, like I said, you follow that formula. Force equals mass times acceleration. So, you know, you've done your you've done your max effort day. Now it's that you've done one day to get stronger. Now it's time to do that one day to get faster. You need to be pressing. You need to be squatting fast. So those two reps, those four reps, those six reps, they need to be fast. All right. So, and then your supplemental and accessory is going to be anywhere from 3 by 10, 3 by 15, or 5 by 10, or 5 by 15. The accessories, you don't need to do them fast, but you need to do them to a point where you are getting the full range of motion in and it's not a sh necessarily a struggle it's more of a pump so if you have any experience in bodybuilding you'll know exactly what I'm talking about you're looking for they don't necessarily need to be fast but they need to be able to be controlled because the more controlled, the more time under tension your muscles are going to spend doing that accessory, hence making yourself stronger. So, just a little bit of a recap. You're the things that are going to change every week are the main lifts. You're going to do the same main lifts that you did your max effort day on your dynamic effort day. So if it's a max effort upper and you did a bench press, just a regular old flat bench press, you're going to do the same main movement on your dynamic effort upper day. The only thing that changes is you're doing 8 by 2 and you're not surpass you're doing anywhere from eight to ten sets by two to six reps and you're not surpassing 87 percent of your max <sighs> same thing with your lower body days um your you know same scheme your supplemental lifts are going to change every two to three weeks and your accessory movements are going to change five, every five to six weeks. Um, you know, on your max effort days, your accessories need to be divvied up into um, three by three, three by five, five by five, and five by or five by three and five by five. Um, either way. And then your sub, your, and that goes for your supplemental and accessory work. Your dynamic effort days, they need to be 3 by 10, 3 by 15, 5 by 10, 5 by 15. Um, so, and just remember, 
your max effort days are your days that get stronger. Your dynamic effort days are to get faster. So another way to exp explain it so people understand, your max effort days are for strain. Your dynamic effort days are for you to start, you know, breathing heavy. So there you have it. That's my conjugate program. Um, this is something that, like, it's something where I took the format and I changed it just a wee bit. Not even a whole lot. It's more so the only thing I really changed is that I... I don't, I don't do all the same exercises that, you know, the man who came up with this and really reinvented it in the way it's worked best. I don't do all the exercises that he has for his program, um, simply because He's got equipment that's custom made, that he's made himself, that's been very beneficial. Um, could I go out there and buy it? Yes, but then, you know, where, you know, I'm lugging a barbell to the gym, and it's just like, hey, it's Monday, and it's squat day, and I'm using this camber bar, and I, you know, had it sticking out the window to get it here, so, um, you know, as dedicated as I am to powerlifting, I'm, I'm not quite that crazy and dedicated to it. So, um, you know, I'd say my rotation of exercises is a little bit different. I'd say my percentages might be a little different. Um, I feel like it might, even this might be a little too organized and thought out. Um, or it might just be oversimplified and watered down. But, like I said, this is what works for me. And I follow the same... I follow the same mission statement of, um, of training conjugate. Which is, you know... Account for the law of accommodation. Force equals mass times acceleration. Use one day to get stronger. Use one day to get faster. Make sure you're getting good recovery in between. And I feel like this is the... This is... Maybe it's not the best way, but I've found that for me, it's pretty good. So, um, you know, and just to, just to kind of paint a picture, um, when I started using conjugate programming my numbers had plummeted you know i went from squatting 535 to 470 i went from bench pressing 370 to bench pressing 315 actually it was 305 so we'll just call it 300 lost 70 pounds in my bench press and i had lost hundred pounds in my deadlift. My deadlift went from a 585 to a 485. So I did this kind of programming for three months, right? So taking my taking my um, my maxes when they plummeted 300 bench press or 75 plus um, 485 so I was at a 1260 total and keep in mind um, you know, I didn't know how to competition bench, so I did a lot of benching off of my, bouncing it off of my chest. So, 
in two months, I went from a 360, or not a 360, but a 1260, and I went to competition. So, I put 88 pounds on my total in two months, which, okay, yeah, sure, it's not a lot, but I had to train myself how to lift for competition, and I also had a lot more left in the tank, because I just didn't, I didn't know how strong I was, and there were a lot of things that went into it, but... I didn't, I didn't, after using this program, I did not know how strong I was. And I went to the competition and exceeded my expectations for everything. Um, you know, I probably could have walked away with a 330 bench instead of a 319 bench, but I almost bombed out because I'm an idiot and I wasn't following the rules of bench pressing. So, like I said, it two in two months, it put me back on track. And, you know, 88-pound gain on your total in two months, you know, if you can keep that up, statistically speaking, um, you know, statistically speaking, if you can keep that up, um, you know, four months, you're at, you know, another 88 pounds, so, that's 176 pounds on your total, um, you know, add another two months, that's six months, 264 pounds add another two that's 352 pounds add another two you know which would bring us at 10 months that's 440 pounds plus another two which will be a full year that's 528 pounds in a year on to a total so 1260 plus 582 that's an 1842 total which by no means is bad so like I said um, this program kind of speaks for itself if I haven't sold you on it um, please go look it up um, it's really worth your time and energy, especially for those that are struggling. Um, it definitely has the answers you want and the answers you need, um, as long as you're following it and you're disciplined enough to follow it. So, um, but anyway, uh, I'm start wrapping this up. So, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for stopping and listening to this episode I, like I said I know it's been a very long time since I have made a post and um, I do apologize um, for that for my more frequent more frequent listeners um, like I said life hits you and you know there are some things that come first and you know my life, getting my life together is definitely one of those things, so, but I'll try to be a little bit more organized so I can frequently output more episodes, and, uh, yeah, um, I'm really excited, this, this podcast, if I can keep it going, it's headed in a good direction, um, and, like, please tell your friends, um, tell your workout partners, 
come and listen. Like I said, I'm trying to grow this. I'm trying to grow a community, not um, a following. So, you know, I want it to be a thing where people can come and make comments and, you know, answer questions, um, give their input, ask questions. You know, I want people to be more involved and I want, um, I just want to provide a platform where people can come to discuss their, um, their successes and their failures and what can be learned from each. So, uh, there that is so i really hope this episode um broke it down for you and i hope you guys take it and run with it um if you don't if it's not enough go look it up i promise you you will find great things nothing but great things about it so without any further ado this is uh austin antrip this is the big fellow podcast and as always Live strong, get strong, keep grinding. Y'all have a great one.